about a half a mile and I was able to do half of that without stopping and I was so proud of myself, which now seems, you know, it seems kind of funny <laughs> just being able to go a quarter mile, um, but it was a big accomplishment. This Runs Radio episode 641 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys uh real quick before we dive into today's episode just want to remind you that uh, one of my favorite things to do is uh right around the corner and it's not trick-or-treating as this episode goes live it's the 29th of october halloween is right around the corner but actually the day after halloween is the, the the first day of the new month the first day of november and that means it's time to pick a new winner to uh to work with the new winner of the free monthly training plan that I give away each and every month at the beginning of each month. And uh, it's it's real simple. The, the process to enter is pretty straightforward. You head over to disruns.com slash giveaway, or you can just head right over to the homepage, disruns.com, and uh, there's a, a button that says click here to enter. You click that. There's a little pop-up box. You enter your name and your email, and you are good to go. You're automatically re-entered each month, and it's not some, you know, in case you're worried, in case you're wondering, like, oh, yeah, this this guy, he's got this, this uh, giveaway thing. Uh, and it's going to be some kind of half-baked training plan. No, 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 no. It is the exact same level of plan, the exact same uh, everything that those who work with me, who, who purchase a training plan, get. Uh, there's no drop-off in quality. There's no drop-off in commitment. Uh, I, I work with you just like had you hired me. So uh, if you want to get yourself entered and you haven't done so already, disruns.com slash giveaway. And once again, right there at the homepage, disruns.com. And if you've entered in the past, then you're all set. Once you enter, you're re-entered. As long as you keep, uh, you know, as long as, as long as you don't unsubscribe, you are in the drawing each and every month. So, looking forward to pick that picking that new winner. That winner will actually be announced on Friday, uh, but the winner will be picked on Thursday. Just you know, just kind of how things work. But uh, if you get yourself entered now before the end of the month, if if you listen to this right when the show gets out, uh, get yourself entered. You've got the best odds that you'll ever have. And uh, if, you know, if the show is already, or if the, the new month is already here, get yourself entered now anyway, because at the end of whatever month that it currently is, we'll be doing another, another drawing to pick another winner. So get yourself entered, disruns.com slash giveaway. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today I'm going a few easy miles with a woman that uh, definitely knows a thing or two about running really, really long distances. Uh, a quick peek at her ultra signup page shows that t- 2018 has already been uh, a pretty busy year of racing for her. And uh, it also leads a little hint that uh, 2019 is going to be even bigger. And we'll we'll let that cat out of the bag uh, in a a bit. But first things first, it's time to uh, welcome Ms. Uh, Julia LaPellis to the show. Thanks for joining us today, Julia. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you want to check out the show notes for today's episode, we'll have all the you know, everything linked up and uh, the, the the summaries and, and all of all of the good stuff that's always there. Uh, Disruns.com slash six four one is the place to go today to to get to the show notes for today's conversation, some photos and other goodies uh, based on today's conversation. So Disruns.com slash six four one. So Julia, the way we always start off each each show, uh, each conversation is with uh, the same simple question that uh, for some folks is pretty easy to answer. And for, for some folks, it's uh, a bit a bit more difficult. And if I had to stereotype, 
Usually the ultra distance runners have a bit more difficulty with this question than uh, the road runners and, and the marathoners and, and under, but uh, it, it's still, it's always just a fun way to, to kick off the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? So I really do anything. I'll do anything from 5Ks to up to 100 miles so far on the road, on the trails. I, I much prefer trail running over road running. And um, I do really like the longer distances. So I would say 50 miles and up is probably is probably my favorite. Um, I just really, I like to be in the woods all day and get to explore new trails during races. And um, of the longer distances, the pace tends to be a lot more relaxed. So you can actually enjoy the scenery a bit more. And um, I also really like running in the woods at night. Um, it's, to me, it's very peaceful. Sometimes it's, you know, it even feels a little bit surreal. And uh, I actually like it when I'm all by myself for some time during the overnight portions of a race. I know maybe some people would get freaked out by that. To me, it's uh, something I, I really enjoy. So I like races that go through the night. Um, also, I guess when you get to the really long races, like, you know, a hundred miler, um, I like those because you just don't really know what to expect ever. Like even if your training is perfect, there's no guarantee that you'll actually cross that finish line. Um, you have to be able to really come up with different solutions when things start to go downhill and you have to take care of little problems like just like blisters or chafing or stomach issues or you know you may not be able to finish that race you basically you have to have a good plan going into the race but you also have to be flexible enough to to adjust when things don't really work out the way you had planned on them working out or when you know different issues mm -hmm. come up so um i find that very interesting you have to be able to think and adjust and uh, you have to be able to push through when you really, really don't want to move anymore at all. Um, and when you can do that and you get to finish the race, then it's just, it's just the most, it's the best feeling ever. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I just finished the grindstone 100 a couple of days ago. And, um, when I got to the last aid station, which was about, I want to say mile 96 or so, all I wanted to do is quit. It's all mm -hmm. I could, all I had, all I was thinking about is just quitting and sitting in that chair and not going the last six miles or seven miles. And, um, but I did. And now of course I'm so happy that I was able to finish and it's just, it's a great feeling. So, mm -hmm. and that's just, uh, something I really enjoy. Yeah. It's pushing through. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of standing here with it with a smile on my face because, um, I, I, I feel like I, I, do that a bit when I'm running, you know, quote unquote, just a, a marathon or maybe a 50k, just. you know, the, 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 like, oh, I don't really like, like oh, I could, I could just, I could, I could quit here. You know, you, ha you have a plan, like everything you said about the hundred miler, I feel like it, it relates to me at the, at the marathon and, and 50k distance. And I just, I can't imagine going into, um, into something that much longer, you know, a, a hundred mile race and, and, you know, the, the roller coasters and the ups and downs. And like you said, you have great training and you have a plan in place, but inevitably something's going to happen and you have to adjust and you have to, to change on the fly or, or make that, make that call and, and keep pushing when, when you don't want to, it's, it's, uh, you, you hundred mile and, and, you know, the really long ultra distance people just, you, you amaze me that, uh, you just get out there and go and, and, uh, the, the drive that it takes to push yourself. I, oof, I I'm in awe for sure. 
Yeah, I just I, I just really enjoy that. And I haven't done that many. I did my first one last year. Um, it was the Bryce um, mm-hmm. 100. And unfortunately, I had to drop at mile 82. Um, they had a heat wave mm-hmm. and um, the temperatures got up into the mid 90s. You're at altitude. 100% exposed. There was almost mm. no shade. Um, so I had to drop out because of heat exhaustion at mile 82, which really, really um, is horrible when you've gone so far and you really don't have that much farther right. to go. But I just couldn't handle it. So that was a bit of a disappointment. And um, after that, I got onto the wait list for Oil Creek for um, that the same year. It mm-hmm. was in October, a couple months after Bryce. And I, I was lucky enough to get in and I did I did finish Oil Creek 100, so that was my first my first finish. And then Gridestone a couple of days ago was the second finish. So uh, I, I don't have a ton of experience. I'm just getting into that. But um, like I said, it's something I really enjoy. Yeah, and and uh, it's it's you have a lot more experience than I do. Um, it's, experience is always relative to, to to the crowd that you're with, and and so you've, you've got me beat there. But um, I'd be curious to, and I'm always you know I'm always curious about this with just about anybody I talk to, but but especially those that that run farther distances into the into the ultras and, and things like that. How'd you get started in the sport? Is it is running always something that's been a part of your life, or or how did you fall into this uh, this world that we all know and love? No, actually not at all. I used to hate running growing up. Um, I was never a runner. I started running, I think it was about 32 years old. Um, I used to do like a cardio kickboxing class. Um, the place closed down, so I joined a gym. The gym was kind of a little bit annoying. I did it for about a year, but just driving there, 20 minutes driving back, it just ate up a lot of my time. And uh, so I figured, you know, maybe I'll just try running and give it a try. And uh, we have a park a little like a, uh, a park right next to uh, where I live and um, the front loop is about a it's about a half a mile and I was able to do half of that without stopping and I was so proud of myself which now seems you know it seems kind of funny <laughs> just being able to go a quarter mile um, but it was a big accomplishment and I I kept at it and I kept doing uh, you know longer and longer distances but primarily on the road until I decided oh I, I don't even know how it happened I read about a 50k somewhere so I uh, after having done a couple of marathons I decided that that's something I would like to try and I started trail running and um, that's what I just really love um, I fell in love with trail running and uh like I said I still do road races and I train a lot on the road because it's easier mm-hmm. um I don't have trails. Um, I have a couple within 20 minutes driving distance, but sometimes it's just quicker to get a run in on the road. So I still do that, and that's fine. But I just really, um, really enjoy trail running. What What is it about the trail running that that you enjoy so much? Because I, I, I've I, I ask because I've I've talked to a lot of, of folks that that uh, are you know primarily one or the other road road or trails. And uh, it seems like everything, every time I, t- I talk to a trailer, there's always something different, something unique um, about nature, about the, the quietness, about, about whatever it is. There's, there's that one usually different thing that, that really speaks to, it seems like at least each, each of the trail runners. So what is it for you that, that really pulls, you, pulls your heart in that direction? Yeah, I do really love being out in nature. It's quiet, it's relaxing. Um, so I enjoy that part of it. I also, um, I feel like it's a 
more of a full body workout. You don't just constantly use the same muscles. You know, there's rocks, there's roots. You have to, um, you know, there's more uphills and downhills. There's a lot more stuff going on. Um, so you always have to focus and pay attention, mm-hmm. um, which isn't always easy. But um, to me, it keeps you more engaged. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I do like that. And then, you know, hearkening back to, to what you talked about to that, to that first question about running at, at night, um, I, I, I have mixed, mixed feelings, I guess. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, novice when it comes to my, my night running on the trails experience. I mean, I, I, I live in central Florida. So of course running, running eight months of the year down here because of the heat factor, you try to get as much as you can in before the sun comes up anyway. Right. Um, but, uh, I, I, earlier this summer, I, I, I did my first, uh, venture, uh, found a trail that actually was open before before dawn because most of the trails seem to they they bar the gates and they don't open them up to open the parking and things like that until after the sun comes up. Uh, but I found one and, and I went and, and uh, gave it a shot. And uh, boy, it's it's a different experience running a trail at uh, you know five o'clock in the morning when it's still dark and nobody's been out there yet, as opposed to waiting until after the sun comes up. You can see everything. Um, just you know, all of the sounds are, seem like they're magnified. There's, there's all of the random, uh, like spider webs and things like that, yeah. that, that are crossing the trail that, that aren't there. See, they don't seem to be there during the day. Uh, but, but what do you, what do you really, uh, enjoy about night running? Cause for me, like I said, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not like swearing it off by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, I, I, I'm like, eh, I'll just wait till it cools down a little bit more to get back on the trail so I can run when I can actually see what's going on. So what do you love about the, the nighttime trail running? I just like being out there in the dark and you hear all the different noises, the animals and everything in the woods. And uh, it's just a, it's such a different feeling. I can't really explain it. Um, But I just really, really um, enjoy that. I don't do it that much, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when I train because it's not always convenient to go out at night when you're tired. Um, But I... I try to do it once in a while, and uh, um, but I really like it doing doing a race. Um, and like I said, I like I even enjoy it when I'm just by myself. Um, sometimes, you know, later on in the race, everybody spreads out, and you have a uh, you have some time by yourself, and uh, that's really my favorite part um, when it's just me in the woods by myself. Um, so. Yeah, and I, I, I at the same time I enjoy talking to people, of course. But to have like maybe half an hour, forty-five minutes by myself, and just be, you know, it's totally quiet. It's dark. I mean, I guess it's not totally quiet. There's all kinds of noises in the woods, <laughs> right. but there's <laughs> not people talking to you. You know, it's it's different than anything else you or most people do during their regular, you know, day-to-day mm-hmm. life. So it's just something different that I I really do enjoy. Gotcha. When you're, when you're out there in the middle of the night for, for one of these races, uh, like you said earlier, you know, one of the things that, that, that you love about the trail and I've, 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 one of the things I like about the trail is like you said, everything's a little bit different. There's always, there's always that little, there's that, that stone, that root, that, that little random hill that, that doesn't seem like much, but when you're running it and it's on the trail, it's just just a little bit different. Um, like how do how do you it, it's it's easy for me again I'll, I'll just use my my example it's easy for me to you know see those things navigate those things when you can when it's it's light out 
but running in the dark, you know, you, you got your headlamp, you got your, your, you know, your, your flashlight, whatever you got to, to keep you to where you can see. It's just, there's always shadows. There's always, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to, to see all of those little nuances that, that the oh, trail it's presents. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely harder and you definitely um, slow down your pace a bit because you have to be, you have to be more careful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like at Grindstone, um, actually that race started at 6 p.m. on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So unless um, you're a fast runner, which I'm not, um, that race has a 38-hour time limit, you will be running through two nights or at least wow. um, one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was actually really difficult because the second time it got dark, um, you're just really, really tired and exhausted and um, also we had some fog which made things really Mm -hmm. difficult um, with the headlamp um, at night in the dark and the fog it was extremely hard to see so that part I didn't enjoy too much because um, there were a lot of rocks and boulders and ridges where you really had to be careful because you can't you know slip and fall down that wouldn't be that wouldn't be right. so good so right. <laughs> so the fog did make things difficult um, I um, you just really had to focus the whole time and um, it was hard mentally because you could never let your guard down even for one second mm-hmm. so that definitely made it hard but um yeah so sometimes it's not it's not always enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fair that's fair how do do you stay engaged mentally uh you specifically what do you have tricks or or mental games that you play mantras whatever it might be to, to stay engaged and stay locked in for you know 24 30 35 however however many hours it takes for some of these long races how do how do you stay plugged in with your mind I just go from aid station to aid station. Mm. I try not to let me let myself think about how many more miles I have to go because it's really frustrating. Um, you know, when you still have 60, 70 miles to go, but you've already gone, you know, 30 or 40 and you're already starting to get tired, but there's still so much more to do. So I just really focus, um, you know, get to the next aid station and that's what I do, just eight station to eight station. And don't think about the big, big picture, just about the next little, the next little goal that's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's certainly, uh, an area that, that I struggle with a bit again at the, at the only, at the quote unquote, only marathon distance of, you know, like you get out there and you start cruising and the mind starts to wander. I start to, to, to second guess myself or, or you know, right. ha- have some of those, those mental, those mental challenges. And it's, it's always a struggle. And I, I just, I can't, like, like I said earlier, I, I almost can't fathom the idea of, of being at mile, you know, 18 or 20 and saying, wow, I've still got 80 miles to go. Like <laughs> right. that's just, that's just it does sound crazy. Yeah. And you just, uh, once you start thinking about it, that's not good. Like you can't let <laughs> right. yourself think about that. It's, <laughs> it's not a good idea. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll keep that, I'll keep that in mind for, for my next <laughs> marathon to not start thinking about that, you know, uh, let alone, let alone when I venture eventually into some of these longer, oh boy, now I'm saying it, that I'm going to eventually do some of these longer ultras. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ultra people get me in trouble talking talking on the show, but uh, you know, with, with that with that same kind of thought in mind, when when did you start to entertain this idea of running a hundred miles? I mean, you know, like you said, it, it it's it's been the last couple of years. You've, you you ran the first one last year, I think, if I if, yeah. if the numbers were right, and and a couple this year. Um, when when you first had that idea, did did you think it was crazy, or did it something that warmed to you over time? Like like it's one thing to run. 50 miles, uh, which is still kind of crazy to me, but it's, you know, sun up to sundown, a full day in the trail. Like, like that's appealing. Like I, I could see why that would be appealing, but a hundred miles again, just 
from where I am today kind of sounds a bit crazy. Was it was it crazy to you the first time you really started to consider it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did a 50 miler and it went pretty well. And uh, so that's the first time I kind of started entertaining the thought of maybe being able to do a hundred miles. Um, and I thought about it for a while. I told my husband and he didn't, I mean, he thought it was crazy, but he didn't totally freak out about it and he was willing to help, which I so appreciate. So uh, then I just went online and I did a lot of research. I wanted to do something that was totally different from where I train. Um, so I found Bryce Canyon, mm -hmm. which is about as different. Um, I'm in New Jersey, so that's completely different right. than what I'm used to. And uh, it looked really, I mean, the scenery, I wanted something very scenic, something just really special. I was willing to travel. And um, so that's the one I decided on. And my husband came out with me and he crewed and he paced. And um, yeah, so... That was uh, that was the first adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know, like you, like you said, you did you did some research and stuff. But was it was it a slow burn? Did it take years of thinking about it, or was it was it? It sounds from what you just said, it sounded like it was a pretty quick. From I think I might do it, do this. You mentioned it to your husband. He's like, all right, whatever. And and it happened. I mean, was it was it fairly quick, or did it take a bit longer? Well, at first I thought, you know, maybe in the next two to three, maybe four years, that's something I would like to do. But then the more I thought about it, I figured, you know what, I'm healthy now, I'm feeling good, um, why not just do it while I can? I mean, you never know what happens. You could get injured, you get older. Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll do it next year. So... And I did. <laughs> and you did. And you did. And the rest, and the rest, as I say, is history. But, but you know, kind of is uh, is hinted at in the uh, the intro there. Um, you're not not necessarily slowing down the uh, the pursuit of longer distances. If uh, if ultra sign up is to be uh, believed, you're you're signed up for a 200 miler uh, in 2019. What, what's what's that all about? I did. So I signed up for the big, the Bigfoot 200. Um, it's next August and it's in Washington state, um, around the Mount St. Helens area. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the next big thing, um, on the calendar. And, um, very curious about that because, um, when you do 200 miles, like in my hundred milers, I've never slept. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just pushed through and, that's fine. Um, with the 200 mile distance, it's, uh, I believe it's a 105 hour time limit. Um, so they have sleep stations and, uh, you decide on how much sleep you need. And, um, that's just something totally new for me. I haven't done that. Um, so I'm very curious to see, um, what happens and hopefully it will all work out and, uh, you know, I'll cross that finish line, but, um, yeah, you never know. So, um, we'll see. Mm, goodness. I, I, uh, as much as I've, I've kind of given you a little bit of a hard time, I can wrap my head around the idea of, of trying to run for 24 to 30 hours of, of doing a hundred mile race, but, but 200, uh, I mean, you're almost going back to my, my previous question. Like, like that just sounds beyond crazy. Was it something that you thought about for a while or was it like, hey, there's, there's this challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how it goes. Like, like, let's do it. Or what was the process to, to, to jump from I've, I've you know, done a hundred miler. I attempted the first one, did the second one. Now I've done the third one. But shoot, I'm going to go big and, and sign up for this 200 mile race. I 
don't know. I think Facebook is to blame for a lot of this. <laughs> when in doubt, <laughs> blame Facebook. <laughs> there's so many trail and ultra running groups and people talk about different races and things they do. And you read about it and then you're like, oh, you know, that's something I could try. That sounds that sounds like it could be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, and then you come up with crazy ideas that uh, you probably wouldn't have come up with on your own. <laughs> but, you know, so yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. And uh, I'm going to give it a try. And we used to live out in Washington State um, before we moved to New Jersey. So I really love that area. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just sounded sounded amazing so i wanted to wanted to try it out all right well uh it, it, do you have any uh you know like you said some some groups and stuff do you have any uh at least online friends that are doing it with you or is this is this pretty much uh you're running it on on your own type of adventure um my husband actually last year when i signed up for bryce canyon he used to be in the military so he ran way back when um then he he never really enjoyed it so um he didn't keep it up. But last year when I signed up for Bryce Canyon, he started running, um, trail running, because he wanted to be able to pace me a little bit. So he really got into it, and he so loves it and enjoys it now, and he's super supportive, and he will come out and pace and crew and mm-hmm. do everything. So um, when I told him about um, the Bigfoot 200, um, the nice thing is they have different distances, not just the 200-mile distance. So I believe they have a 40 miler, a hundred K. I think there's a couple, there's a couple right. different distances. So he will do a race and he hasn't quite decided yet on the distance. He'll do the 40 miler or maybe even the hundred K. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he's done with his race, he will crew for me. And if he's still able to do so, he will pace me um, towards the end of the race. So, um, so we've been, doing some of the races together. I also have other friends who uh, who I run with. Um, nobody else um, does the 100 milers, so um, I don't have any local running um, friends who, who go that far. Mm-hmm. But um, they're all like, I had another friend who was, um, who paced and crewed for me at Oil Creek. Um, Last year, my uh, friend Colette, and we do a lot of running together. She'll go up to a 50K. So there's definitely, you know, a, a big community. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and, and if there's one thing I know about running, the running community in general, but definitely the, the ultra running and, and trail ultra running community, it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take long to make a friend out there. So you might, you might go True. into a race knowing nobody, <laughs> but you're going to come out with a bunch of, bunch of, of fast friends or, or slow oh, friends definitely. or whatever, your pace yes. friends uh, that, that you able to pick up along the trail and run with for a while and that's really another reason why i also enjoy trail running so much is because the community is just fantastic everybody is so friendly and so nice and so supportive and it's just uh, really a lot of fun to be part of a community um mm-hmm. like that so so I, I know bigfoot is still uh you know many months away, almost, almost a year, <laughs> 10 months or something like that, which, which is a long time, but you know, it's not that long, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things when you, when you think about it, but how does, how did, at this point, what, what is your idea or, or plan to prepare for this type of, of a challenge of, of, of running, like you said, a hundred hours, you know, th- three, four days, 200 miles how do you start to get ready for that and and i have to have to assume that maybe maybe even some of the races you've just recently done you know uh grindstone being one of them is as part of that training process but how do you prepare for a 200 mile race 
Yeah, I haven't totally um, wrapped my head around that yet. <laughs> I, I had Grindstone to finish, and that was uh, that was my main um, my goal base for this year. So, um, but what I usually do is I just pick a bunch of longer races leading up to you know my goal base for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have I have a hundred k coming up in February, and uh, then I'll have to see what else I can fit in. Um, I usually do a bunch of 50Ks. I'm hoping to fit in like a 50-mile or something like that. Um, I just got to see what I can fit into my schedule before mm-hmm. August and just build up, um, you know, in addition to my regular training ones, I just try to fit in a bunch of longer races um, because it's more fun doing a race than to go out and do a 30-mile or 40-mile run by yourself. Right. So <laughs> so I usually, uh, I just, you know, I plan out a lot of races leading up to the big one and uh, train as much as I can. I don't run the, – the most I did for the 100 milers are like I probably did four or five weeks of like about 65 miles a week and that's really the most I do. Like to do 70, 80, 90 miles a week is not appealing to me in training. Um, so I – I do what I can, and I pray that it's enough. <laughs> do you do any other type of, of you know, like cross training, strength training, yoga, things like that to, to, to balance the running? Or, or, I mean, shoot, when you're running you know, that many miles in, in a week, there might not be a whole lot of, of hours left in the day, but, but any other training that you do? I should, but um, I don't <laughs> so much. <laughs> you're, you're, in a, you're in a very good good group of runners that, that know that they should do more and just and just it doesn't happen for whatever reason. Yeah, I I, I run six days a week. I take one day off, and my off day, I really like to. I like for it to be an, a true right. off day and not do something else. Um, I try to do um, 15 minutes of like either core or upper body or lower body each day, mm-hmm. or at least five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. So that's not much, but I try to do a little bit because I've had some knee problems. So I, I was told to do certain strength exercises mm-hmm. for the legs and, uh, you know, the core is important, obviously. So I do, I, I do a little bit, um, but I should probably be doing a whole lot more. <laughs> well, I mean, and I don't, I don't ask that question to try to, to, to put you on the hot seat or anything like that. No, 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 I know. I, I know. It's, it is, you know, it, like I said, I mean, all of us, I think, uh, I think there's very few runners that, that don't run for a living uh, that, that are able to get in as much as they know they should in terms of cross training, of stretching, of foam rolling, of yoga, of, right. of all of the different things. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to just, just gloss over you. If, if you're doing, you know, a 15 minute something, you know, three, four, five times a week, um, that, that, you know, it may not seem like a lot, but if you're consistent with it, that's, that pays off as, as probably more than a good hour workout once a week. You know, I mean, it's, it's that cumulative benefit of doing it consistently really does pay off if, if you maintain that over time. So you, yeah, I mean, don't give yourself, don't sell yourself nothing, too short. So. Yeah. You, you give yourself some credit there. And I have to say, when I had I had issues with my knee, and I was told to do certain stretches and exercises, and I was a little skeptical because I didn't honestly didn't do anything before I got yelled at by the uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? You're not doing any strength training? That's horrible! Right. Blah blah blah. So I was like, okay, I'll start. I'll I'll start, and I did, and it really did actually take care 
of my um, knee issues. So it's been much, much better. And so it does really work. You just have to set the time aside and and do it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds easy. It's not always easy, but uh, I try to be good about it now. <laughs> yep, yep. And I, and I, like I said, I'm I'm the first one to to preach about the value of it, the importance of it. And if you look at my training log, you see that I'm I'm much less consistent than I should be. So I, I, well, I think we all know that we should yep. be doing it. It's just a matter of actually getting around to you know doing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So another question for you, and, and a, a, one of the reasons I love talking to uh, to long distance runners is because I can ask all these questions of things that I have no experience with. But uh, what is recovery from a hundred miler like? And, and since you're in it, deep in it right now, um, you know, is it something where obviously there's a sleep debt that needs to be probably paid up? What's the what's the soreness like? How do you, how do you you know, we spend so much time at any distance race, really focusing on preparing for it, training for it, getting ready for this race. But on the back end of the race, what what is what does the recovery process look like for you? Yeah, right now it's mainly catching up on sleep, but only because I, this last race, Grindstone, was just a lot harder for me because, like I said, I started at six o'clock at night mm -hmm. on Friday and I finished. I believe it was. 6.52 a.m. on Sunday. I, mm. I hope I got that right. Um, so that's just a lot of sleep to catch up on. Right. <laughs> and uh, I do have to say that today, um, Tuesday is the first day I'm actually feeling a bit better and I feel like I'm halfway functional. Mm. And um, so so that's good. I still have some soreness, especially uh, the calves are, are pretty sore. I had some, uh, some knee and ankle pain just because it was a very rocky race mm -hmm. um with a, a lot of climbing and that's an issue for me that race had um it had a little bit over twenty three thousand feet of climbing um i live in south jersey with almost no hills mm -hmm. so um i'm not ever really prepared for those kind of races and i just try to hang in there and <laughs> somehow get it done but so it's hard on i mean it's hard on anyone but when when you're not used to and the downhill isn't any better than the uphill especially towards the end of the race mm -hmm. it's actually more painful so um it's just hard on the legs and uh but today i actually feel like i can i mean move around fairly well mm -hmm. so so that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I'll probably take about a week off, at least a week off, maybe a week and a half, and then I'll slowly start back up. Gotcha. Yeah, that was going to be the next question. How much time do you, do you tend to take off? And obviously, it probably, or at least I'm going to assume, it, it varies a little bit from race to race depending on how oh, you're Oh, it feeling, totally but, depends yeah. because at Bryce Canyon, my feet were so messed up. I had the worst blisters um, because it was sandy. Mm -hmm. um, there was just a lot of dust, and I didn't change my socks throughout the race, which was a very, very big mistake. Um, so my feet were so bad um, that I couldn't, like, um, my husband had to get me a wheelchair at the airport, which mm. felt wow. so, I felt so stupid, but I couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. So um, that took longer. Um, now I know better about how to take care of my feet, and I only really had one small blister um, after last weekend's race, so that makes a, a big, big difference. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a lot better this time around. Yeah. Taking, taking care of the feet, just a little bit important you know, of, 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 any, of everything. Take care of your feet. If you're a runner or just, you know, as, as a human, it's good, good, good advice right there. Um, so shift, shifting gears a little bit. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about 
ultras and, and hundred miles. And, and of course the Bigfoot, which you've got coming up next year, which is, uh, just incredible. But, uh, I know another race that you did recently that, uh, gets, gets a lot of attention. I'd love to get your, uh, take on it was the, uh, the Barkley fall classic, which the, the Barkley races are known to be some of the, uh, most difficult, uh, races out there. Um, what was, what was your experience running the, the Barkley fall classic like? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, uh, it was, I, I didn't finish the 50 K. Um, I only got a marathon finish. Um, you have to get to, uh, um, the marathon or the, the 50 K. Um, it splits off. I think mm-hmm. right around mile 22, you have about, I think it was nine hours and nine and a half hours, um, to get there. And if you do, you can decide to go on. If you don't, then your race is over and you, you know, just run to the finish line. So I missed that 50K cutoff by 19 minutes. Oh. Um, so I only, uh, I only got a marathon finish. Um, but it's uh, for that race, um, I was a little disappointed. But there's a lot of, a lot of people who didn't mm-hmm. get that far. So I'm going to have to be happy with that. And, uh, you know, I think I'll go back in a couple of years probably and try again. Wow. <laughs> so it, it was just an amazing experience um, to meet um, Laz, mm-hmm. uh, who's the race director for the Barkley Fall Classic and also the Big Barkley. And um, they... It was just a great group of runners. They had um, a dinner and a movie the night before. We went to the local football team and watched them play at the mm-hmm. high school because they actually help out at the aid stations the next day. So there was just a lot going on, and it was a great event. And it was by far the most difficult thing I've ever done. I mean, um, not because of the length. Um, you know, I only did the marathon. Mm-hmm. I was out there for, I think I finished in 10 hours and five minutes um so it's not comparable to the 36 hours or 37 hours i just spent out there last weekend but just the level of difficulty um it's it it was just crazy like we had to climb up um a lot of the hills the notorious hills that they have to uh, climb up in the big barkley like rat jaw and Mm -hmm. testicle spectacle and meth lab and i mean it was full of briars it was um, it, it's hard to explain because, like, a testicle, um, is it testicle spectacle? Uh, one of them. One no, of I'm them, getting yeah. confused. It's, but yeah. anyway, uh, rat jaw. It's rat jaw. That's the one. It's about 0.9 um, uh, miles. And you think, you know, you can do anything for a mile. It's not even a mile. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so easy. Like, how bad can it be? But it's you, you gain 2,000 feet in less than a mile. And um, there's no real trail. It's mm-hmm. just... Uh, you know, you go through the briars and everything else. And for the front runners, it's even harder because at least by the time I get there, it's trampled down a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, right. <laughs> um, but it was just insane. And it was it was super hot. And people just, just to get shade, you would just sit in the briars on the middle of the mm. hill because you needed a place to sit and rest. So you, you didn't even care that you were sitting or lying down in the middle of the briars um, just because it gave you just a, a couple minutes of, of rest and I would take 40 or 50 steps and I would have to rest again. Mm. It was just the craziest, it was the craziest thing 
I've ever done, I would have to say. (laughs) So um, it was a totally different race. I was a little worried because people said um, it's not it's not marked as well as a regular race. Mm -hmm. There's no confidence markers. You get a map um, the night before that shows you the course. It's secret until the night before. Um, when you go to packet pickup and um, you can go to the park office and you can get a map that has all the, the trails of Frozen Head State Park on that map. And then you can compare and you can figure out, you know, where you have to go. But um, actually, it wasn't too bad. Um, it was marked well enough. I only had to take out my map once and I was able to figure out which way to go. So that part wasn't as bad as I thought. But a lot of people said that it was marked better than in previous years, which for me is fine because when it comes comes to navigation, um, that's not really one of my strong points. My husband tried to give me like some quick lessons, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad I didn't get lost. I was very, very worried about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so that all worked out, but it was definitely, definitely different than just a regular 50K. Um, but it, it was a fantastic experience. And um, now, of course, I want to go back and maybe be able to, you know, finish that 50K and not mm-hmm. just the marathon. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, in case there was any any wonder about how, how crazy you are, you know, you, you, expl- you described the race and how difficult it was, the Briars. And, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I lived in Tennessee for a couple of years, so I got to imagine there was some uh, poison ivy and poison oak and things oh, like that. Oh, don't to- even get me started. <laughs> I knew that sitting down on the <laughs> hill in the in the briars was not a good idea, but everybody did because mm-hmm. everyone was just dying and so exhausted. So you just do it and you know, you know what, I'll probably get poison ivy and I'll just have to deal with it later. <laughs> and that's fine at the time, it doesn't matter. But like three days later, it, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. I had poison ivy, poison oak, I don't, I don't know which one, but it was, it was bad. <laughs> So you pay the price. Right, right. <laughs> but but you hear all that and then you say, and I can't, I, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it again at some point. It's just, it, uh, oof, it's but. crazy because I can't even believe I'm saying that because <laughs> as I was doing the race and I'm talking to people and, you know, it's like, oh, have you done this before? Yeah, I've done it once or twice or three times before. And I'm thinking to myself, you must be there's something wrong with you. Like you've done this once and you actually came back. Like that is just so, so crazy. But now, of course, I'm thinking like, oh, I want to try again and see if I can make it, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you forget very quickly, I guess. That's that's how it is. I I guess. I mean, shoot. (laughs) It's, it's, again, you know, just just one of the things I, I, I appreciate so much about our sport is that there's so many different, um, avenues and different different itches, you know, proverbial itches and literal itches that right. you can scratch out there. Uh, whether you like to go short and fast, whether you like to go long and and uh, slow, whether you like to climb mountains or whatever it is, uh, there's there's something for everybody. And, and uh, exactly, and, and it's great to, to try different things because you never know. Like I don't know, maybe maybe two years ago somebody would have talked about Barkley to you, you would have been like, ah, I don't think so. Then you go out there, you, you experience it. It's it's brutal. It's it's not fun. But like, gosh, maybe I want to do this again. So it's it's a really cool thing about our sport. Yes, I agree. Uh, along those lines, and, and as we're getting kind of close to, to wrapping things up today, Julia, um, I would be curious to, to hear your take, uh, maybe advice, maybe tips, something like that, as far as if, if somebody's thinking about running their first big ultra, whether that's 50 miles, 100K, whether it's 50K for, for whatever, you know, but, but somebody who's, who's maybe come up to it, the idea of doing it a couple of times and, and talk themselves out of it, um, 
but you know, as, as runners, we, we have this tendency of continuing to, to push ourselves a little bit more to, to try things out, to see if we can do it. Um, you know, you, you've been, been running enough to have some experience, but not, like you said, not as long as, as some other folks, but what are some, some suggestions that you might offer to somebody who's, who's attempting for the first time to do something that's, that seems like it might be well beyond them, but you know what, I'm going to try it and see, uh, from your experience, what, what are some, some tips that we might be able to take forward to, to try that next big thing on our list? Yeah, I guess, um, first of all, not to be obsessed about finishing in a certain time, not worrying about, you know, can I run it in X amount of hours or can I do this? As long as you can do it within the time limit, that's really all that matters. And um, if you're doing, let's say, a 50K for the first time, find one that has a very generous time limit so you don't have to stress out Mm -hmm. about that. And that's one less thing to have a very you have to worry about because there's a lot of races like if you find a race that also has a hundred mile or a hundred K going on at the same time a lot of the times the uh, say the shorter distances say the 50k have a have a really generous time limit so then you can feel comfortable going into it you know even if you have to walk a whole lot you're still going to be able to finish because chasing the cutoffs is really stressful mm-hmm. so if you can avoid that um that's that's really great especially for your first one so pick one with a good time limit and then just enjoy the journey because you'll never get to have that experience again like the first one you finish the first time you finish a 50k or 50 miler anything is just so special and um it's just you just should enjoy it um, because you won't get that back. And then next time, maybe you'll say, oh, you know, I wish I could have done it a little faster and you'll try different things. But the first time I would just go out there and enjoy it and have fun with it and, you know, just be happy to be able to do what you're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's great advice and, and certainly something that, that applies, I think, to just about any, any distance. Anytime you're pushing yourself to a new level, like just, just go out there and enjoy it. That's, that's a, good, uh, a, good th- a good thought to have as well. What about uh, again from from your experience uh, with with Bryce when when you try something that first time and it doesn't go well when when you have to uh, take a DNF for whatever for whatever reason um, what was what was your experience there like as far as bouncing back was it something that was a was a real blow to you uh, blow to your confidence blow to you mentally uh, were, were you able to brush it off pretty quickly what was what was that DNF experience like. You know, it's difficult because you you train for something so hard and for so long and when you can't finish for whatever reason, it's definitely, it's difficult. Um, but you learn from it and um, what helped me is I never felt like I gave up. Um, I didn't say, oh, I'm a little, you know, I'm uncomfortable, I'm suffering, I don't want to do this anymore. I really was at the point where I physically couldn't go on, so it wasn't really a choice anymore. I mean, I was just done, mm-hmm. and uh, there's nothing I could have done at that point to go on. Um, so that helped. I didn't feel like, you know, I took the easy way out, so to say. And I don't, I don't want to say that in a bad way, right, but I right. felt like I, I did what I, I could, and it just wasn't enough. And um, I was extremely disappointed, of course, um, especially because the next day we found out that um, the race had some communication issues and some just um, the organization wasn't great. Um, They weren't totally prepared for the heat. Mm -hmm. And the next day I found out that um, they let people finish like 
I don't know, that were five or six hours over the time limit. So then I was a little mad because if I had been able to lie down for two or three hours in the shade somewhere, I, I may have been able right. to um, go on also, but that wasn't truly communicated at the time. So I was a little disappointed um, about that. It kind of ate at me um, for a little while. So um, I got on the wait list for another 100 miler, like I said, Oil Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, because I figured, you know, I put in the training, um, I really would like to, you know, have another chance and maybe finish. So when I got in, um, I was able to just focus on that. And I wasn't really focused on that. I didn't finish the last one so much. And I finished that one. And then, you know, it was all good. But I definitely also learned a lot. Um, it, it was the first one. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like I said, I didn't take care of the feed. I mean, there were different little things that mm-hmm. I could have definitely done better. So you always learn, which um, that's fantastic, because then next time, you know, you figure stuff out better. And uh, what was an issue last time maybe isn't going to be an issue the next time because you know better. So as hard as it is, um, and definitely disappointing, but you just have to, you know, take advantage of the lessons that mm-hmm. you learned during that race and then move on to the next one. Yeah, that's, and, and I, I, I would say to add to that, that even when things go well, there's always something you can learn from, from a race to help make the next one hopefully go a bit, a bit Most better. Definitely. And the problem a lot of the times is that in my head, I know exactly what I should do or what I mm. shouldn't be doing. But in the middle of a race, um, you sometimes just, you're too lazy to do something that you really should be doing. Like, you know, maybe taking off your shoes, taking off your socks, mm. cleaning, your feet, putting new socks on, putting new shoes on, or, you know, little things like that, you know, in your head that you should be doing, but sometimes it's just, I don't know, it just feels like too much effort at the time, or you don't want to waste another five minutes at the mm-hmm. aid station, and then it comes back and it haunts you later on. So some of the stuff it takes, even though you learn your lesson, you don't necessarily <laughs> do it differently the next time. So it could take a few times. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting how things play out. But um, yeah, <laughs> there's always something more to learn, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's certainly certainly true. And, and as we're... Uh, Wrapping up today, Julia, the, the way I like to end the, the conversations is with uh, something I call a philosophical question, which uh, okay. is, is, I mean, I feel like half the questions I ask are philosophical anyway, <laughs> just meaning that, that it's open-ended. Uh, you, you can take it whichever way you want to go with it. Uh, and this is where we'll kind of wrap up. It could be a long answer, short answer, whatever, whatever suits you. But uh, you know, along the line of what we were just talking about, uh, about learning lessons from, from races, um, you know, and, and maybe I'll, I'll make it just slightly broader, which maybe makes it more difficult to answer. I don't know, but um, in running in general, in, in your your years in the sport, your experience, the, the things that you've you've uh, you know the races you've you've finished, the races you've you've tried and, and come up short on, the, the lessons you've learned. What, what are one or two maybe life lessons as opposed to specific running do's and don'ts? Uh, are there any life lessons that you've learned from running that that who knows maybe if you hadn't started running to begin with you would have never learned xyz uh, as as it relates to something that you learned on the road or on the trail I don't know about life lessons but I feel like just knowing that you can push through adversity and you can push when you feel at like your very lowest that 
that's not the end, that you can always push a little further and get through it. I think that's valuable. Um, you know, in your job, maybe you have a huge project and you think, oh my God, I can never get through this. This is horrible. I'm stuck. I can't do it. And then you think back to a race where you were at such a low point and you thought there was no way I'm going to finish this. There's no way I can go another mile or even another step. And but you do it, and then you think back to those times when you were able to overcome um, just, you know, exhaustion, tiredness, physical pain, and you were able to do that, and then you can just apply that to, you know, be at work or be at, you know, family or anything in life. You, you know that you, you can push through even at points when you think you can't go on. You, you can't. You just have to do it. Mm. Sounds like a great life lesson to me, and, and uh, as per usual, a great uh, a great way to wrap things up with these philosophical questions. So, um, <laughs> thank you for for sharing that, Julie. I think that that's something that uh, is going to rattle in my head for a while, and probably rattle in, in the heads of those that are listening as well. Uh, guys, once again, disruns.com slash six four one is the link to the show notes, uh, photos, and, and the whole nine yards, the synopsis, the summary, uh, all the links. Disruns.com slash six four one. Uh, Julia, thank you for for taking the time today, sharing a bit about what you've what you've accomplished so far in in the running world and, and some of the challenges along the way. And, and goodness gracious, the the big one that's uh, <laughs> that's on the horizon for next year. Uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best in that, and uh, hope that that uh, all goes smoothly and uh, you have a, a, a great story. And, and maybe we'll come back and uh, and talk again after uh, you you got a two hundred mile finish under your belt. But uh, I don't want to get the cart ahead of the horse. But again, thanks for exactly thanks for the time, <laughs> and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Well, thank you so much for having me, and it was fun chatting with you. And uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Julia and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that really resonated with you? For me, it was something that kind of came up a couple of different different times in a couple of different uh, ways. But it was the idea of, as Julia said, going aid station to aid station. So you know, during these long ultra distance events that she enjoys running, um, <laughs> more power to her because I don't know that it's my cup of tea at this point in life. But you know, doing these hundred mile races and, and the the two hundred mile race that she's got you know registered for for next year. If you start to think about how many miles you have left, that can be so overwhelming. And that translates, you know, whether you're running, um, I mean, even a 5k and you're feeling that pace after the first mile, like, God, I got to do this for two more miles, whether it's a 10k, a half marathon, a marathon, a 50k, whatever distance it is, there's, there's a point where, um, at least for me, there's usually a point where it's like, gosh, like, I can't believe I still have however many miles to go. And I really enjoyed Julia's, uh, you know, kind of the, the way she looks at it mentally of going, just have to get to the next aid station. And again, that, that can translate, just have to get to the next mile, just have to get to the next light post, just have to get to the next stop sign, the next block, whatever it is, but, but breaking it down, breaking, breaking down the distance remaining to a, a, an amount, to a total that feels like you can handle it, like you can do it, like you've done that before. You know, at, at the end of a marathon, you're like, gosh, I've still got so much, but it's like, all right, I've done a, I've done a 5k before I've done a 10k before I've done a 10 mile training run before I can do this. But try not to tackle the whole thing. Try not to swallow that whole pill. Just just run the next mile. Just run to the next aid station, the next water stop, the next whatever it might be. Um, I think that's one of those mental, mental. I don't know if it's a trick, if it's a hack, but exercises maybe, practices that can really make 
something big seem less overwhelming. And, and obviously this is one of those things that I think can, can bleed into real life as well. You know, if you're trying to save money for retirement or get out of debt or, you know, wh- whatever it might be, uh, uh, financial is on my mind right now for some reason, but you know, working towards any type of big goal, career, you know, climbing the career ladder, the corporate ladder, whatever it is, if you, if you look at the finish line from where you are right now, it might seem like it's forever away. So what's that next, what's that next chunk? What's that next, uh, next level, that next, um, you know, tier that you can get to and work on getting there, work on getting to that next aid station, whatever avenue of life you're talking about, whatever running life or anything in between, get to the next aid station and then figure out a plan to get to the next aid station and so on and so forth. And if you keep doing that, keep going aid station to aid station, you're going to make it to the finish line. You're going to make it to the finish line in one piece, hopefully happy, hopefully smiling, and maybe just maybe a little bit quicker than if you had tried to keep, uh, you know, keep the big goal, the end line goal in, in uh, mind the whole time, because it just seems so huge that it can be a little bit demoralizing at times. But uh, anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet or an Instagram message at Dizruns on both places. Of course, you can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And as per usual, show notes, leave a comment, leave your thoughts, leave your feedback, takeaways, and all that good stuff there as well. Dizruns.com slash 641 is the place to get you back to the website, back to the show notes, all of the things, the links, the pictures, everything is right there waiting for you. Dizruns.com slash 641. And with that, we'll go ahead and put a ball on this thing. Call it a day. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy this one. Don't forget to get yourself entered in the giveaway. If you haven't done so already, get yourself a chance to uh, work with me for free. And uh, it's always a joy to pick a new winner and uh, look at, looking forward to working with those that have won in the past and haven't cashed in yet and possibly working with you in the future as well, provided that the random number generator does smile upon you. But uh, we'll worry about that in a few days. You just go head over to disruns.com slash giveaway. Get yourself entered now. And uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one as always. And uh, until next time, take care, guys.